Today's episode of The Degenerate Business School is brought to you by Corn, the lifeblood of Mesoamerica since the year 800. Este episodio de hoy de la Escuela de Negocios de Genera es presentado por Maíz, el alma del Mesoamérica desde 800. Robert! Gregory! Elena! Gregory. Uh, everyone's really confused because yeah. they don't know who you are. Yeah. But our friend Elena is stopping by to, well, there's a couple topics you're going you're gonna to cover, but most importantly, you're going to explain to us once and for all what a Pinterest is. This is very exciting. Well, to the best of my abilities. Yeah, no, I, you're going to do great. Yeah, um, it, it's been it's been an issue that's been dogging this podcast since uh, they went public. And, but uh, yeah, but I would say in the fullness of time, we were right. If we because we don't understand what it is, right. and after she explains it to us, we're gonna feel really good about not buying their stock. Agreed. Conf- I'm confident in that. Agreed. Okay. All right, so let's just let's just start at the top. At the top. You got your pins. And yeah. your interests. Correct. It's called Pinterest because you are pinning your interests on this virtual board. Mm-hmm. Okay. And Can I think of it as a virtual bulletin board? Yes, exactly. Okay. So the concept behind this is people have like a vision board or a bulletin board. And like if we, it makes more sense if you have an example. So like, let's say someone wants to get married. Let's say I want to get married. And so then you create Mazel this. Talk. Oh. <laughs> no, let's, <laughs> this theoretical feature where I want to get married. I'm creating this vision board and I have all these ideas and I start um, finding pictures of like, mm-hmm. oh, here's a picture of a flower I like. And so I virtually pin this into my wedding vision board because uh-huh. I'm interested in it. And then I, oh, here's and a, a person could have multiple boards. Yes. I would have one, like, let's say I'm also remodeling a home. So then I would have one for my kitchen. And so like, oh, I like this, you know, you pin different things for your kitchen or for your fashion. People have one for their personal fashion style. So you see something and then you're like, I like it. You pin it and you put it onto a particular vision board. So if, if Robert were on Pinterest, he would have a board for billiards, pornography, <laughs> dice, and like motor oil. Oh, the hell? Four, five. Yeah. Five boards. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> so then somebody will post like a um, really cool pool table. You're like, oh, wow, if I ever want to upgrade, let me pin that. Mm-hmm. Pin, and then it says, where do you want to pin it? Like in my billiards but, board. But, but one of the things that I'm not. I mean, and granted, we were talking about this earlier. So one of the things I'm not understanding is, say, in my case, I find a really cool pool table, or in your case, you find a really yeah. cool dress. Keep going. I'm going to let the cat in. <laughs> you, can't, you can't click on this pool table. You can't click on this dress. So what good does it do me to have this pinned on a board? Well, because it's like, it keeps you on the website, right? But it's supposed to... To give you ideas and inspiration? I don't think it's meant to, like... 
I mean, I, I've never, again, I've never used it, so I have no idea how it works, but it's just like, I don't know. Sure you have. <laughs> <laughs> and then, I mean, I created one because if you look up anything and you want to see something on Pinterest, you can't see anything unless you have an account. So then I created an account just to look at something, but then I never touched it again. So like you, aka Gisa the Gato, aka Mousecop666, pointed out to us that one thing that's infuriating about a Pinterest is, so I, I always just thought of it as a place where women shared recipes with each other. Mm-hmm. That was actually what I thought was going on. That is part of it. That's part of it. But you can't actually like post a link to a recipe. Like you can only post a picture yeah. of a recipe card because they want to entrap you on the in the Pinterest ecosystem, which to her is infuriating. So yeah. she like don't use it. Yeah, exactly. So you just have like a picture. There's rest. There's like a list of ingredients, and then the and the instructions. But it's all on this little tiny little screen. But that's it. You can't click on it and take you to like oh Rachel Ray's website because she's the one who did this or whatever. So we we both know we all know that we're degenerates here, largely focused on making money. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. what I'm gathering here is when Pinterest comes out and says, "Hey, we have." 300 million active users versus Twitter coming out and saying we have 300 million active users. The difference there is stark in that anyone can look at Twitter, but anyone who actually creates an account presumably is active. Whereas in Pinterest, you have to create an account to even be a stalker of Pinterest boards and whatnot. So what you're saying is you can't value those the same. The daily active user count of Pinterest is worthless. Yes. Or or it's under it, dilutive. Or, yes, or inflated. Yeah, the opposite of what I just said. Yes. So whereas <laughs> Facebook and Twitter might be, uh, like, they might be dilutive because it doesn't count people who are stalking but don't actually have an account, a la me. Well, yeah. Um, <laughs> in Pinterest, you can't do any stalking without an actual account. Sidebar. Degenerate Business School has a Twitter feed. Oh. I haven't posted on it in like six months. What's the handle? Degenerate B School. Pretty Ooh. pretty dope. Pretty dope. So if you're like interested in current events from six months ago, <laughs> it's like pretty good. Pretty good. Alright, so what Berta is getting at, I think, indirectly, is <clears throat> Okay, there's a vague, uh, it's advertising, blah, 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 blah. we're going to sell your information, blah, 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 blah. That's how we make money. It's like, doesn't sound very compelling. If you were to make the case for Pinterest as being a good business, is there, is there a case to be made? It's only in selling data, though, because then when people pin certain things together, I'm sure that's like of interest to like businesses like hey they're pinning you with this other thing or like they're constantly pinning these colors together or these schemes or whatever so i think it's about and then and it's also like it seems like the things that people are pinning are all huge industries like weddings or remodeling Mm -hmm. so it's like it's more like in that but in it of itself i don't i don't it's all like in the data that they give to big companies it does seem like so i'll piggyback on what you're saying Okay, so I'm a Pinterest user. I have to authenticate, so arguably more valuable, because right away I have to give more information Mm -hmm. about who I am. Mm -hmm. 
the entire ecosystem is about stating your interests and likes mm-hmm. in a way that's much more overt. So the ARPU that you can monetize off a person on Pinterest is probably higher than it is on Twitter. Arguably. Agreed. This is the Pollyanna case for why Pinterest is a business. Now, let's get to the valuation, which is stupid. Robert, break this shit up. Let's go. I mean, it IPO'd at 70% the value of Lyft, which, I mean, admittedly, we've said many times over, stay away from Lyft. It's a horseshit of a, of a business. Until robots. Until robots. Right. But it, it makes money. Mm-hmm. There's a viable, like, light at the end of the tunnel here. With Pinterest, uh, I don't see it. There's, no, there's nothing there. Uh, well, can can I be the devil's advocate? Of course, please. There's, arguably Lyft could never make money if they never figure out robot cars. And, and, and... The, they could generate way more revenue, and granted. And the, the CEO of, of Uber actually did say that during the roadshow leading up to its, its IPO. It's like, yeah, there's a good chance we'll never make money. Mm-hmm. It's fine. You could conceive of a world where Pinterest makes money. They just haven't, like, actually monetized it yet. Like, if you go on Pinterest... I mean, they have to an extent, but what I mean is you go on Pinterest and you're not getting like bombarded with ads to the, to the best of my understanding. And YQ is the only one who's actually used it. <laughs> Elena has just researched it for us. Well, this is how it was explained to me. All right. <laughs> By who? <laughs> so, uh, our, one of our coworkers, okay. Diego, uh-huh. his wife, when they were getting ready for her wedding, for their wedding. She was going she hard was, in the paint. Yeah, so she was talking about that, and I was talking about how I don't understand it, and that's how she explained it to me. Uh, like, oh, for example, for my wedding, and then that's how I understood it. Now, but the, you really absorbed it. Yeah, well, I feel like it made sense, and then... <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. The, the, the final thing that that I... I mean, the one and only thing I understand about how they would make money is that there are things that come across as organic... But they're featured pins mm. where, like, mm-hmm. if you want to follow Kim Kardashian's whatever, you don't realize that she's getting paid to post that. Yeah, or like someone's, I, exactly. someone's paying to post like, that. Like, let's say for her wedding, somebody's like, "Can you pin our flowers?" And then people are like, "I want to have Kim Kardashian's wedding," and then they like look at those pictures and now they go with that company. It's like sponsored. It's like sponsored posts, just like with anything, yeah. like Instagram. So then I hear, the, I think we're getting at to the core of this secret sauces that Pinterest has, which is the entire male population of the world doesn't understand what it actually is. But when it's described to you, it kind of sounds compelling, kind of sounds compelling because it's like super targeted interests, super specific authentication. It sounds like an ecosystem you could really monetize, but in reality, you can't actually click through to get recipes. Correct. So it will fail. Correct. But I think if you were to add that feature where like, oh, I see a really cool pool table or I see some really good porn, like <laughs> I want to be able to click on that and take me to that. Otherwise... You're talking about mantrist. <laughs> no, 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 I'm going on what you said, what my, <laughs> your, my your vision, board. vision board would be. Um, <laughs> I thought you were going with like penetrate. To the, I, yeah, there's, there's, there's something there. There's something there. I think it's a medical condition. 
right. No, but I think if you were to add that feature, I might be more inclined to to say, okay, there's a future here. But mm-hmm. uh, stay away. Don't, don't buy the stock. <laughs> don't buy the stock. At the same time, one parting thought. It is just impressive that whoever's running the company could get into the place where they were public and enrich themselves. That's like an impressive feat on its own. I mean, as a quick sidebar on that, um, one of the things that's been infuriating me over the last three, four weeks has been Beyond Meat that went public and is up 400% in three, four weeks. Uh Yeah. All that means is the valuation that they went public with was way, way off. Yeah. Right? It's not that all of a sudden their business is that much more impressive. It's just right. that the valuation was way off, so they left a bunch of money on the table. The fact that they went public at $12 billion, I don't know who did that, but good job by you. Because there's, there's no way that's actually sustainable. For the Pinterest. For the Pinterest. Yeah. No, yeah. really impressive stuff. Yeah. All right. Shall we move... This is totally related to <laughs> corn. Yeah. <laughs> My favorite topic. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's be honest. Uh, Robert, since I'm white and you're Mexican, why don't you explain why it's relevant to have Elena on to talk about corn with you? <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> just, just in case you're wondering, Elena is uh, also Mexican. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now... <laughs> Let's think back to, I don't know, a couple months ago when we started mm-hmm. this podcast and we, we, we told the world, the world is oil, <laughs> right? And we, we doubled, tripled, quadrupled down on the notion that the world is oil. Which and is still true. It's still true. Yeah. yeah. But then uh, James Lynn came on the show and uh, basically shot all over that idea and he said, uh, the world is not oil, the world is debt. Yeah. Which, by the way... We have questions. We have questions. <laughs> James Lynn, come back. But I will I will see your world is debt and I will raise you. The world is not debt, it is corn. <laughs> the world is corn. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So the Wall Street Journal ran an article earlier in the week that basically said due to substantial flooding in I don't know corn growing parts of the world i'm inclined to say iowa but i don't really know i think of america sure yeah sure um due to substantial flooding there is the risk i think that's safe by the way iowa is that not the corn huskers definitely no that's nebraska nebraska but both states are just corn right sure everyone knows that okay okay everyone knows that yeah um so due to substantial flooding there's the risk of millions of acres going unplanted because you risk not being able to grow anything, Mm -hmm. which leads us to the great corn shortage (laughs) of late 2019, (laughs) early 2020. I don't, I I don't know. I'm, I'm a really bad Mexican. um, Great corn shortage. Now, why is Elena here? Um, She has said on many occasions that if she ever went to death row Mm. her final meal would be corn Mm -hmm. so when i explained to her that there's a great corn shortage coming she was absolutely distraught and simply she she had to put in her two cents yeah yeah so so really the reason you're here is to list all the things (laughs) that have corn in them because you might forget 
you might forget. Yeah. We're here to help, obviously. Yeah. We're just going to think about it together. Right. But if you enjoy any of these things, good fucking <laughs> luck finding it at a reasonable well, price. Um, okay, so I don't know if it's just Nebraska, but I and I wish I knew this percentage, but I do know that one of the largest things that the U.S. creates are, is corn, right? Yeah. So now... Strong the main corn. right, so I think it's more than. Just but corn was invented by Mexico. I think we can all it's, agree. Yeah, like we like by the Mexicas. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay, so then there's like the uh, when you when people think of corn, they think corn on the cob, cornbread, mm-hmm. grits. Well, I think polenta. It's you know all those things like physically mm-hmm. popcorn, what you see. Mm-hmm. But then my mind went to like corn oil mm-hmm. and high fructose corn syrup, and mm-hmm. everything has sugar in it. And, and low fructose corn syrup. All fructose corn syrups, all of the syrups. <laughs> sure, Let, let's say all everything uses sugar, yeah. and it's using that sugar. And it's then, like the synthetic sugar, but yeah. like the good stuff. Well, it, yeah. it's well, it's sugar. It's a sugar, but it's just not sugar cane. What people think it's yeah, glucose, yeah, yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then not only that, but corn is what we feed to animals to make them fat. I hadn't considered this. Didn't yeah, even consider that. So one. then, like now, our or animals are going to be She actually did her homework after. No, <laughs> I'm just saying like that. Like we, I wait. Do we all know this, right? People hate that because that's not part of the real diet. Yeah, so they yeah, feed yeah, them yeah. corn. Yeah, get some off fat. Yeah, and then everything and like. Can I? Can I? Interrupt? Yeah. Didn't we talk about a great corn? Uh, sorry, not great corn. <laughs> a great beef shortage like last week. Well, let's uh, let's be transparent with everyone that listens to this. Uh, everything is a crisis <laughs> because we like to be inflammatory as shit. And listen, we really believed in the great oil crisis. And at this point, I have to believe in it. You and I, even though James said that because of QE and I don't know what, and China, that it doesn't matter. I still don't understand. Well, you and I still both have money on this. So, yeah, yeah. Yeah. To our great detriment. But, uh, Either way, either way, I think over a 30 to 50 year time horizon, we will be right. (laughs) We might just be wrong about the time. But Elena's point is in parallel with the great oil crisis, great corn shortage will lead. It'll directly affect me immediately from the tacos. (laughs) Obviously, it's going to kill the summer dinner series because you can't have tacos and carne asada. There won't be as much carne asada, or it'll be more expensive, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so beef futures, I guess, will increase. I don't know. But but the re- the reason we were betting on beef Cattle futures prices? was uh, oh oh this is what it was. I don't know if we actually ever talked about it on the podcast. No, we, we didn't. This was we, this we was thought a, about being okay, yeah. Okay. All right, all right. <laughs> so we got great oil crisis. Yeah. Still feel fifty one percent confident. Yeah. That it'll happen. This is what we're talking about. China has a huge pig epidemic happening. Hog epidemic. Okay. So it's constraining the global supply of pigs. Ipso facto, the world is more reliant on the American pig supply for pork products. Now we got the great corn shortage. Ipso facto, we won't be able to feed as many cows. Now we have a corn shortage, cow shortage, pig shortage, oil shortage. (laughs) The fucking... (laughs) Quadfecta. All right, yeah, I'm back to 2020 is gonna be the apocalypse. <laughs> I mean, it was going to be for me with less corn. Yeah, 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 and it's more gonna be bad for us. Avocados and Coronas and mm, yeah. the Mexico. Oh, tariffs. the Mexico tariffs. 
from yeah. Trump. Yeah. Which, that sucks. <laughs> yeah, we're just not having barbecues anymore. No, no, we will. But, like, now it'll be, like, something that we really relish as, like, a privilege and make us feel rich as fuck that we can afford all of these things, right? It'll be a status symbol. Got it. You see me eating this car? Yeah. Like, like in the future, poor people will be eating flour tortillas and we'll be eating corn tortillas <laughs> to illustrate our wealth and success. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I mean, so I realize we joke about everything being a crisis and whatnot, but eventually all of this has to lead to inflation. Like, it just has to. <laughs> You're bridging to inflation. Well, yeah, well, yeah, yeah. I mean, this is a business podcast. Okay. And, and we've, we've talked about... Allegedly. We, 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 I could talk more about corn. I could. I'm sure you will. I'm Tell sure. us about inflation. We'll circle back no, to corn. It, no, it, it just... It, if you look at everything... Everything that's happened economically, right? So, mm-hmm. there's been the fact that employment's gone way down, which should, in theory, prompt the Federal Reserve to raise interest rates, but they don't because mm-hmm. inflation's too low, yada, yada, yada. But if fuel prices shoot up, as they will in 2020, yeah. if corn prices shoot up, which will impact... Food prices. Food prices. Reduce purchasing power. Absolutely. Um, and if corn... Meat, meat sorry, prices. Meat prices shoot up. What's, what's to stop inflation from finally taking a hold in the latter part of this year, early part of next year. So now we're back to 2020 is the apocalypse. Of course. Yeah. 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 I'm with you. We've come full circle. All the world is corn. All the world is corn. Are you, what what else do you have to add to the corn conversation? (laughs) I I didn't have much more to say. I mean, I was, if I could do like the whole, um, what's his name? Forrest Gump, and he's like, coconut. Bubba Gump. Bubba Gump. Like, I could do that, but I don't think that would be useful for this No, no, I want to hear it. I want to hear it. Because there's something that I'm missing. No, well, I mean, well, there's everything that you think of immediately, like chips. Um, a lot of cereals have corn. Corn um, flakes. Corn, yeah, corn flakes, obviously. One um, thing that I found devastating, <laughs> hot Cheetos. Hot Cheetos. Hot Cheetos. The um, things that I need a thickener agent, cornstarch. Oh, fuck. Um, All food. And then, and then anything with like sugar, any processed food uses corn syrup. So all of that. Fritos? I would just, if they're, for the most part, I, I think a lot more things than we realize has sugar. Mm-hmm. It's with like corn syrup, like high fructose corn syrup or low fructose. I don't know. <laughs> That's the thing. <laughs> but like all of like, all, like so much more, especially if it's processed, you can assume they're adding sugar and they're adding corn syrup. Cornbread, cornmeal. <sighs> I love cornbread. Hominy. Corn, corn dogs. But that's just cornbread on a hot dog. That's true. Yeah, hominy, tortillas, obviously. Corn nuts are hominy, right? Yeah. Yeah. It, it's it's a devastating future we're looking at. On the bright side, I just got a <laughs> notification that uh, Trump tariffs on Mexico aren't happening, so at least your avocado will be reasonably priced. Well, you know why? Because he realized there's no corn, so we're going to have to buy corn from the Mexicans. Yeah. So that's wisdom. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you you want to stay for the second part? Um No. I have nothing by. to co- I'll stay. I'll stay, but I will probably have nothing to contribute. All right. <laughs> Should we talk about the jobs report? 
seems so mundane. No, it's fine. All right, let's go to. Okay, let's go to the biz, the actual business sector. Mm-hmm. Although arguably we've covered the entire business sector because all the world is oil, all the world is dead, all the world is corn, all the world is meat. Four pillars. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, okay. So last week we talked about the Fiat Chrysler Renault merger, and we said this is a terrible idea. Uh. Nigh ten days later from when it seemed they were to agree in principle to consummate the merger, it was sabotaged by none other than the legendary French government. So, R.I.P. Merger of Fiat Chrysler and Renault. Robert. Yeah. This is good for both companies. Ultimately, even though they wanted it to happen and they needed a socialist government to get in the middle of them. Well... I mean, I think the car industry is just a shitty industry to be in regardless, unless, of course, you're the first to develop a self-driving car. Mm -hmm. So I don't know that this is necessarily good for either of them, but... The solution wasn't combining themselves. Right, Mm -hmm. right. Um, So in that regard, yes. One thing I didn't realize is that the French government actually has an equity stake in Renault, which is... It's Renault, which (laughs) is why... Uh, they were able to create an obstruction to the actual merger process. Yeah. And apparently they were trying to extract a hilarious number of concessions, so... I mean, and we, we sort of knew this was coming, right? When when we talk about the merger between companies that are multinationals, mm-hmm. it's like, obviously there's going to be a pride issue that comes into play here, and the fact that the French government was trying to take such a large stake in the combined company... It doesn't make any business sense, so it makes perfect sense for Fiat Chrysler to withdraw because all incentives for them to merge simply vanished. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Elena, how does this relate to corn? <laughs> <laughs> um, or Pinterest. Or Pinterest. Or Pinterest. Yeah. Um, people pinned pictures of the car on a board. Oh, that's good. Mm-hmm. I like it. I like it. Corn right. cob board. So then I had a board that had both of these two companies, and then I created one board. Now I have to separate that board again. She's good. She's and good. She's good. All right, let's see if you can handle this next one. <laughs> All right. One final, one final eh, pseudo-business story, and then we'll finally get to Robert's wretched, wretched <laughs> stock scorecard. Hey, hey. Hang on. It could be worse. Hang on. Uh, so on Monday, yeah, if you're in the cloud, like I am, and you're basically just in NASDAQ, horrific day on Monday, because all the brouhaha about the antitrust guns, the DOJ was lining up to fire it, all the tech giants just took wreckage to all their stock valuations. But by the end of the week, they had completely rallied and they're basically back to where they were last Thursday. Robert, does this mean that the market thinks the way that we do, which is, I mean, you saw in the case of Facebook, they're obviously like basically building an army of counter antitrust lawyers to defend themselves against potential breakup arguments. Right. Uh, Google and Amazon have considerable war chests. Does the market think the way that we do that an actual risk of breakup is pretty remote and it was just the shock of the headline and the fact that the DOJ was actually going down this line of inquiry that got everyone scared? Yeah, I mean, 
these companies, and if you think back to Facebook's last earnings call, Mark basically came out and said, yeah, we're probably going to have to pay many, many billions of dollars, and no one seemed to bat an eyelash because it's to be expected. As far as why the companies are re- reacting to these headlines the way they are, I think it's just supply and demand. It gives you good buying and selling opportunities, and the reactions are overblown in both directions. I don't think anyone legitimately thinks that there's going to lead to a breakup in these companies, but the the stacking of the defense lawyers largely prevents or maybe minimizes the risk of, of even larger fines, but there's not much of an argument to be made for actually breaking these things up um, because nothing would change. Well, here's the other thing. I'll make two points. Yeah. Number one, uh, in the legal industry, we are in a place where anyone who's repping Facebook or Google, whether in-house counsel or outside counsel, is the best of the best. Right. Like, they can command the LeBron James of the law because they pay incredible salaries to these litigators, right? Mm-hmm. And the DOJ is still paying $94,000 a year to a dude with a Honda Civic to prosecute the case. So, on the one hand, you have the dream team against a guy and a team of DOJ lawyers who are kind of out over their skis. If they're going to take on all of the Google tech giants all at once because their war chests are too big. Right. So that it, there's that array. Here's the other point. What is the alternative to Facebook dominating social? Like, you can't break them up into geographic monopolies. This isn't the phone company or the oil company or the railroad company, right? Are they going to give 25% of Facebook to Pinterest? I hope not. You can't even click through. See? (laughs) I connected it to Pinterest for you, Elena. (laughs) And so the the lack of a viable alternative is also a problem. Yes, and the the last thing we have to consider is the idea of choice, Mm -hmm. right? So if you don't want Facebook to control your life, don't sign up for Facebook. But here's the problem. They are... The modern tobacco company. It's an addictive product. It's an amazing product. And they have aggregation power. And no one else can create a product as good as theirs. And if they do, Facebook just buys them. Unless they're Snap. And then they don't buy them. Okay, but... but and, and I ask this genuinely because, as you know, I have no social media. I truly don't understand this. But Which, you, by the way, really hurts you when you try to date people. Oh, yeah. Yeah, oh, people yeah. think you're fake. <laughs> Or a rapist. <laughs> Either way, not good. Yeah. Like, oh, what's your Facebook? I don't have one. Uh, I'm gonna, my mom's calling me. I gotta go home. <laughs> or the other way, you're not telling me the truth and you're actually married yeah, 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 and you want yeah, me yeah, to actually married. find out. So you're married. Either yeah, way, it's yeah. not good. Yeah. Okay. Like, it would be better if you were on a date and you told a woman you were unemployed, that would be better than telling her you didn't have a Facebook account <laughs> in 2019. It's sad, but it's true. <laughs> It, At least have really, a LinkedIn. That's professional, yeah. quote unquote. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Really? She's like, "Are you on Insta?" No, but I have a four hundred one k. I don't care about that. <laughs> <laughs> What's a four hundred one? All right, sorry. I feel like you were gonna make a real point, and now it's gone. <laughs> no, 
my, my honest question is this. If you separate Instagram from Facebook, mm-hmm. what good is Facebook? Like, do people still use it? Do mm-hmm. you still use it? I personally don't that much. Ooh. And what I say that much is like, I'll still touch it once a week. Now, on its own, it is still a... Um, so with Facebook, you can do a lot more... You can buy things, you can sell things. They have this thing called a marketplace. There's also like Facebook TV, where they've like... Uh, there's like certain groups like BuzzFeed and Tasty and all these groups that put videos that it's like another platform where you can distribute your content. That's like... it. it they do a lot more than just... Hey guys, today I had a bagel. Mm-hmm. Um, well, yeah. to your point, so here I think about it demographically. Mm-hmm. Facebook without IG is old people on social. Yeah. Okay. And it's like over time, that's a vulnerable position to be in. Okay. Snap is young people on social. So it's like a business disaster, but it's like an emerging demographic segment. Insta is, like, over all demographies. Middle-aged people, young people, Mm -hmm. celebrities. Like, I agree with you. Like, Insta is now, I think, the crown jewel of the Facebook, like, demography. But, like, the conventional Facebook property, it's, like, in secular decline. I agree with that. Okay. Got it. I'm sorry. I I lost my train of thought. But The problem is choice. Yeah, the, the problem is choice. It's, like... If you break this up, what what exactly does that do as far as business is concerned, right? The the sale of data is still happening, right? They have my information despite never having opened an account. Like, none of this really changes. So as far as... Yeah, it doesn't address any structural problems. Right. Again, because there's no geographic component. Correct. Right? There's no way to, like, sub-segment it into regional operators, like... They would all have to exist in weird social lanes, and then the same social problems still exist. Yeah, no. I mean, I, I see this as, like, posturing by politicians, but I don't see this as a viable actual fix to whatever is wrong with Facebook. Mm-hmm. Having said that, there was a headline earlier in the week about um, Apple cutting off the the flow of information from, like, Google and Facebook and whatnot. And it sounds like Apple is trying to play the uh, holier-than-thou position, but as it transitions from a... Which we've said is a mistake on their part before. Absolutely. Because we've said uh, being cutthroat is what leads to an amazing CEO war. Yes. Right? Mm -hmm. But two, as Apple transitions from a hardware company to a services company... It's going to have to engage in the purchase and sale of data the way all these other companies do. It's the 21st century monetization model. So it can play holier than now at the moment, but it's just going to look like such a hypocrite when in, in, when it inevitably has to engage in the same practices it's condemning now. Correct. They're going to have to monetize Apple TV, right? Yeah. Or whatever else. Yeah. All so, right. Elena, thoughts on corn? Okay. Still great. Still great. <laughs> Still my favorite vegetable. <laughs> All right, Robert. Yeah. It's a, is it green? <laughs> I should is know it a green? Anyway. It's an interesting one, isn't it? Okay, so it's kind of like tomato. You know, tomatoes of fruit? Mm-hmm. Or avocados of fruit? 
Mm-hmm. Corn. Zucchini is a fruit. Right? Is Corn it? is a vegetable, <laughs> but it's got like a... Is it a vegetable? I thought it was like a grain. I, you think I would know this. What's well, grain is... Oh, it's a grain. It's kind of different. No, grain is different, right? Uh, I don't know. You think I know okay, this. Okay, well, it's in corn. a stalk, <laughs> and you have to wade through it. Uh-huh. The way you have to wade through... Like, would you call wheat? Fields of barley. Vegetable? Yeah, I would. But you're right, it's in its own... Okay, more to come. More to come. America. Robert, would you like to uh, prostrate yourself before America and tell them about your portfolio? (laughs) I mean, no. Full transparency. transparency. We're in Valero. I'm just in the stock. You're in the options. Full disclosure, I I never... I never actually recommended Valero as my stock tip corner. So the oh, fact- so you're just blame shifting on James. That's <laughs> fucked up. <laughs> By the way, uh, I was swe- I talked to you earlier this week. I was sweating that I... So I was watching... So you talked about Beyond Me. Mm-hmm. That shit was still. But I was watching Zoom video just kind of clock up because it undervalued its IPO. Yeah. And I bought in... I think like a month ago, and it seemed to have plateaued. First earnings call this week, up 20%. So if you went in on Zoom, I'm a genius! (laughs) Yeah! Alright, I'm just going to bite this bullet and get this shit over with. Alright. I am currently sitting on five holdings that I've recommended on this podcast. Well, let's start with Cisco, because Cisco's got a lot of nuance. You bought back in after selling out, after making a killing. I don't know. So, so, I I was wrong in what what, what I told you, right? So... I originally bought Cisco many moons ago, made a 100% return, sold out, bought back in half the value of my original, sorry, of what I sold it for uh-huh. at a higher strike. Uh-huh. Um, since then, it's not doing well. Um, Cisco, since I bought back in, the stock is down 1.2% versus the S&P down 1%. Um, the options are down 9 okay. So, you know, not terribly, but uh, it's doing all right. Um, this is a tough one. <laughs> this is a tough one. Aurora Cannabis. Yeah, I, I, bite, I bit the bullet on that one. Thanks, motherfucker. <laughs> well, since I bought it, Aurora Cannabis is up 10%. The S&P is up 35 I'm down 9% on Aurora, by the way, because I bought it. Well, Too I'm, late. I'm down 36 <laughs> On the option. On the option. Despite, <laughs> despite the stock being up 10 the option is down 36, mm-hmm. so you can go fuck yourself on that one. Um, CVS, uh, down, the stock is down 3.5, the S&P up 1.7, mm-hmm. the option is down 27. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's been tough. It's okay, um, this is group therapy, just get it all out. <laughs> I'm going to need some wine by the time I get out of here. Uh, Salesforce.com. Um, the stock up 1.4, the S&P down 0.6, the option down 3. That don't make no sense. Yeah, no, it's it's troubling. That's going to correct itself. Yeah. And uh, this last one, which I never recommended as, as a degenerate stock tip corner, <laughs> but uh, I own nonetheless, Valero, uh, down 9% from where I bought it. Uh, the S&P up 1.3, and the option down 35. Well, I just want to leave us with a couple of parting thoughts. Please. Number one. Yeah? The podcast is not called <laughs> Moral 
business practices. It's called the Generate Business School. So if we didn't get hosed like degenerate gamblers in Vegas, it wouldn't be the podcast that it is. Agreed. So thank you for fulfilling the promise of our mission. Secondarily, I would just like to add my perspective on if you are in the cloud, like I am, or in the NASDAQ, you're just in the tech sector, and this week rattled your confidence at all, it's a bunch of bullshit. These companies are not getting broken up. I don't really know. But (laughs) it's your best bet out of any sector you could be in. Other than oil. Other than oil. To keep betting on the cloud over the long-term horizon. So, in all transparency, I put all of my Roth IRA contribution in the last month into Google, Amazon, Microsoft. The cloud. All right. So stick with it is what I'm saying. Okay. Stick with it. Right. So so you're you're playing the part of the sensible value investor. And yeah, 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 yeah. Full disclosure, I don't have a savings account because <laughs> every penny I quote unquote save is going. Into, yeah, yeah, yeah. Is going into my degenerate stock tips. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, I'm 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 living. This podcast. That's right. Highs and lows. Highs and lows. Highs and lows. I just hope you can pay your property tax. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. Elena. Elena. Yes. Thanks for joining. Oh, it was a lot of fun. Thank you for having me. America, I would say you're welcome, but I would now say I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Farewell. Farewell. Farewell.